Hey there, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Wagner Dos Santos, and this is Wagner Live. In this episode, I will be giving you an update on the top marketing news during the week of August the 8th. I have updates on Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, Netflix. Um, and those of you that are my regulars on my podcast and live video show, you'll be happy to know that on that list, I do not have Pokemon Go this time. And there was there were some opportunities for Pokemon Go, but I thought I would save that. I think we've heard enough in the news, so we'll take a little Pokemon Go vacation. But now, let's get started. Um, so let me start with um, Twitter. So Twitter uh, looks like they are going to sublease out, get this, 183,000 square feet from its headquarters in San Francisco. So I know a lot of you... Uh, startups out there are looking for a space to call your own. Well, there's 183,000 square feet available just for you in beautiful San Francisco. Um, the company has had some issues with uh, with their revenue projections, and uh, it's not anything new uh, to report that Twitter has been facing uh, financial issues so uh, and some organizational changes um, as a result. Well, 183,000 square feet being subleased might help um, patch some of those financial woes for them. Um, moving on to um, moving on to Snapchat. So Snapchat, um, Snapchat is worried, and those that are fans of Snapchat have been worried about Instagram and face and Facebook's um, move to take what was unique to Snapchat, which was Snapchat stories and, and make it into an Instagram feature, which coincidentally is called Instagram stories. Now I've said this before and I'll say it again, that I, I don't really see this as a threat to Snapchat. Sure, um, they call it uh, stories and it has the same functionality. And yes, Instagram has Facebook's resources and um, large uh, database of users. Okay, maybe they should be worried. Um, no, so, so yeah, there's some competition here, but there's a lot of there's a lot of social networking platforms out there and there, who, who's to tell who will, um, who will supersede and whether there will be enough of a playing field for everybody. Instagram has its own audience to some extent as a Snapchat and there's some overlap. Um, I don't really see at this stage, at least that Instagram is, uh, completely offering or planning to completely offer the same experience as Snapchat. Is offering so until that happens I don't see them posing as much of a threat but um, we'll have to see how that goes and um, uh, also on snapchat or uh, related snapchat news uh, if you heard about yellowface well just the term itself doesn't sound right and uh, and you would be you'd be correct in saying so that it is a derogatory somewhat racist um, explanation of someone of uh, Asian background, heritage, or descent. Well, this um, this was all the rage on Twitter uh, this week when this new filter was released by Snapchat that gave an individual questionably 
um, and stereotypical Asian features of um, narrow eyes and tight, um, smaller lips. And, um, and so it was taken down uh, pretty quickly after all the uh, complaints circulated. Now, what I wonder is, and I, I always somewhat wonder because I do know that um, there's no such thing really as true beta testing. Let's be honest, software manufacturers, app manufacturers, when they release and launch something to market, that's really when beta testing is beginning. Everybody is uh, seems to be using consumers and users as their beta testers, even though they say that they've been through beta testing before. Um, so, but even that being the case, I do know that there is some kind of testing period that took place before launching it. And you would think that somebody would have raised a flag, um, maybe a yellow flag. No, not poor taste. No, a flag, you know, of some sort to say, this isn't right. And, um, and, and uh, anyhow, uh, it took the community to wake them up and, and shut that down. So um, that is no longer a filter and hopefully Snapchat has learned their lesson and they will um, do better due diligence in the future. Um, moving on to Netflix. So Netflix um, has been offering a lot of news about what their future looks like. And analysts at UBS think that Netflix spending on original content is gonna climb up and up over the next few years. And we're seeing that with Hulu, we're seeing that with Amazon Prime, that original content is becoming much more the priority for them. And um, as we move into a cord cutting or cord never, type of society and moving away from cable to streaming. And I believe I mentioned some episodes ago that AT&T has hinted that half, uh, now that they have acquired um, DirecTV, that soon they will be dismantling all the DirecTV um, satellite an antennas and they will be going to a fiber um, streaming content platform um, and no longer requiring the typical cable or satellite features. So that's to come and that will definitely shake some things up moving forward. But for now, we'll continue looking at what's happening with um, the other streaming providers. And uh, speaking of Amazon, uh, Amazon and Target, you'll be happy to know they've kissed and they've made up. Um, they reached a very critical truce after years of fighting um, about carrying Target carrying Amazon branded items. And so Target will now once again be carrying Amazon branded items. So the fight is over. They've kissed, they've made up. Um, all good. Um, Michael Phelps. So he was when it was in the news quite a bit. Um, most recently, with respect to his uh, hello, Eileen, welcome, welcome to the show, my friend. Um, and so um, that's Eileen Smith, by the way, who uh, joined the, the the live video show, and you will catch a couple episodes ago my interview of Ms. Eileen Smith. Uh, you should definitely check it out. She's a wonderful woman. Uh, had um, a lot of a uh, lot of great nuggets to offer the audience. So definitely check out that episode. And um, so. Uh, but Michael Phelps was in the news. Going back to Michael, he um, he was in the news for his 
cupping, his uh, uh, Asian acupuncture uh, technique of cupping uh, that left a lot of uh, unsightly marks on his body. Well, uh, also, he was asked to cover his Beats headphones or the logo, the Beats logo on his headphones uh, at the Olympics because he, uh, well, Beats is not an official sponsor of the Olympics, so naturally can't be displaying their logo. And he did what some feel was a lackluster job in covering it up. Uh, did he do that on purpose because he was opposed to having to cover up the logo or is he more focused on the games and thinking why are people bothering me with this? I don't know. But it does pose the question of, you know, how how far are we going with maintaining uh, sponsorship integrity to to where we have to cover any kind of brand mark possible because those are opportunities to advertise and may be in conflict with a with a sponsor. Um, I I think that that bears a whole nother episode of discussion at some point, but it, it does seem somewhat extreme at times that we have to go so far as to uh, go brandless in any kind of a public broadcast or display environment unless someone is pay paying dollars for, um, for the use of that logo. Anyway, I'll, I'll end it there. But uh, Google, uh, also in the news, they uh, they finally put a nail, if you will, in the Adobe Flash's coffin. And the company said that uh, by December of this year that they will de-emphasize Adobe Flash in its Chrome browser. And I, I restate, quote unquote, de-emphasize. Um, and what that means is that Adobe Flash will no longer be turned on by default in Chrome. So as I've said before to my friends um, that studied Flash design and, you know, really, really enjoyed the platform and, and uh, saw all of its great opportunities, I'm sorry. Um, you just have to put your efforts into HTML5 because everybody's trying to kill Flash. Um, so there you go. Sorry about that. But now let me move on to, to a segment that I call um, the new normal of advertising and marketing. So underneath this umbrella uh, subject, if you will, I want to start with talking about Generation Z. So Generation Z, okay, we, we've talked a lot over the years about the millennials, which are also known as Generation Y. Well, Generation Z are is the new crop, if you will, of the youth coming in to purchasing power and that therefore segmented accordingly so that marketers can pay attention to them. The Generation Z are being called the millennials on steroids. They are uh, those that are in their early teens all the way up to 21. The oldest um, part of the segment of Generation Z is 21. So therefore graduating college. So they're either uh, entering college or graduating college to some degree. Now, retailers feel that this new generation is somewhat terrifying for them because they are far more frugal than their older generations. And um, this is a great starter to the new normal because Generation Z will be very selective as they're purchasing. Being frugal doesn't mean that they're not gonna go and shop. Uh, it doesn't mean that retailers have to be concerned that they're gonna see a decline in revenue 
there are still needs that um, individuals have, but they're going to be a lot more cautious about impulse buying and wasteful buying. So it's going to be much more important to shift to this new paradigm, to this new normal, and um, provide products and services that are honestly and sincerely set up for one's needs. And um, also under this subject, I want to talk about brands that have used for years celebrities to hawk their products. Uh, and and uh, this, is, uh, this is an area that we've seen over the years as a common practice that gets someone really famous because um, I'll use an example, uh, an older example, maybe Justin Bieber. The, Justin Bieber really relates to millennials. And so if I get Justin Bieber talking about a certain product that the millennials will go crazy about it. Well, the problem with that is that now that we're moving into the the young millennial and the older generation Z segments, they're not easily swayed and they are looking for real, sincere and honest influencers that are uh, talking about a brand or a product and they see through those that are being uh, hired or paid high dollars to recommend something. So. The FTC is now cracking down on what they call deceptive endorsements um, as they want to ensure that paid sponsored content is clearly labeled. Now, we've, we've uh, also heard in the news the, uh, the growth of ad blocking and ad block plus and the fight that Facebook has been having with ad block, ad block plus. <laughs> Say that 10 times fast. Uh, ad block plus and ad blockers. Well, I have also said in, in previous programs that I, I welcome I, I welcome the ad blockers. I, I know that sounds controversial, and I know that um, my my fellow colleagues and peers in the advertising and marketing community uh, are, are probably uh, shivering just by by hearing that. But you know, let's think about it. The, the, the true role of today and the new normal of advertising and marketing, the, the role of the marketer, the advertiser, the agency that's representing the client is really to connect the right product, brand, or service to the right audience, the right consumer audience. It's, it's, not, it, it's inefficient and ineffective to try to convince someone that they want something that they don't really need. And that that was something that we did back in the 60s and the 70s and even the 50s. And we created really fun jingles and we staged great talent and we, we did everything possible to make someone feel like they really needed that product in their lives when they really didn't. Um, that's not where we are today. Today, we have a very, very educated customer base and consumer audience. And I think that's awesome. I think it's great that the internet and all these resources have been made available so easily to everyone so that they can make very informed decisions. And I love what I do in, in advertising and marketing because I love being able to find very smart, strategic and creative ways to connect my clients to the customers that seek them. And if I had to connect my clients to customers who don't need them, but I have to deceive them into wanting them, then I would find another job, basically. So, so I, say, I say kudos to all these ad blockers and, and all these restrictions because 
who's going to win are going to be those that are creating advertising and marketing content that people really need and want. And it will break through all of these blockers. Blockers aren't needed um, for messaging that is relevant to the audience because let's face it, we all are consumers of some sort. We buy, we buy products and services. We want to learn about products and services that are going to be a solution for something that, that we need in our lives. So advertisers offer us that education and information as to where we can purchase what we need. So we want that information, but we want the information that's relevant to us when we're open to listening to it. So I will come, come off my soapbox on that one um, and um, would love to probably discuss that a lot deeper in another episode. But uh, last but not least, uh, City Research analysts um, put together a study on branded content. And so City found that 48% of U.S. Internet users felt deceived upon realizing an article or video was not piece of news or commentary, it was not a piece of news or commentary, but was in fact a commercial. I'm surprised that it's only 48%. Um, but you've seen, you know, you've seen a lot of the, the ads that are made to look like um, editorial content, or you've seen advertising known as native ads. And there's been a, a, a theory and, and, a, and a philosophy, if you will, that, um, in order to be less interruptive, um, I, I sometimes I say disruptive, but disruptive has been used in a very positive way uh, when we talk about marketing, that it needs to be groundbreaking and disruptive. So I, I'll say interruptive. And um, advertising that is interruptive is deemed to uh, be an annoyance and and one that no one wants to consume. So rather than being interruptive, the theory and the philosophy is that the advertising should flow naturally through the content as if it were part of the content itself. Well, it sounds good, but the problem with that is that it does come across as deceptive. It does come across that you are feeding some self-serving message into something that was meant to be editorial content that someone wants to read or, or view or consume in some way. And that in turn causes someone to feel negatively about the brand product or service. Um, I, one of the, the, the key tenets of content marketing is that um, content should be entertaining, uh, should be educational, should be informative. It also happens to be uh, three of the tenets of Facebook's new algorithm, where uh, for organic page posts, they have clearly stated that if um, content is not one of those three, that more than likely um, their, uh, their bots and their algorithm will filter those out. So um, they're really following the, the good practice of content marketing, which today, again, is, is, is part of that new normal that I was talking about, that people are looking for, people today are looking for information. They're looking to be educated. They're definitely looking to be entertained as well. People love to laugh and have a smile on their face. And through that, they are um, learning about something new, taking an interest in that, uh, maybe laughing and, and um, you know, having some fun with it. And then guess what happens afterwards? Afterwards, they want to know more about that product or brand. 
um, and then they're willing and open to go ahead and um, explore further about features and benefits. Um, so that's really where we are today with, with this new normal. And so I think um, we're going to see a lot in the news coming up with um, uh, ad blocking, criticism. Um, there are some, uh, some in, the, in the space here in marketing and advertising that I've heard on live video or um, on podcasts that are uh, complaining about not only ad blocking, but also Facebook and how Facebook is becoming a pay per pay to uh, play platform. And, um, and I've said before that um, I'm vehemently against those that criticize Facebook because Facebook, like another social network, was not meant for, for the platform to be um, a, a marketer's playground. It was meant for people to go and socialize and connect and interact with people and marketers and marketers want to come in and they want to uh, market to a community. They, they, marketers do that offline as well, right? So we see posters and we see billboards and, um, you know, that's the kind of the equivalent of what they're trying to do. And we see people doing street teams, but we need to understand that the same rules apply. If you're uh, interruptive and you are disturbing somebody in their flow that um, you become an annoyance. And more importantly, if you like the platforms such as Facebook because of all the millions of people that are out on there, well, guess what? If you start ruining their user experience, those millions are gonna go away and you're not gonna be able to market to anybody. So your greed and selfishness will uh, in turn kill the platform by which you would like to connect. So that's, I think something that is is a little deeper to think about, but it's short-sighted of of advertisers and marketers to complain about that, and should really be careful about the content they're they're creating. Make sure that it's educational and informational, and and take the time and be patient to drive it back to them. And yes, paid advertising is great and it works, and it should supplement an organic program. So, um, but the new normal of advertising and marketing to close up on that, it's, um, it's really about making sure that you are providing as a brand, as an advertiser, you're, you're providing information that is, um, uh, that is needed, that's wanted by the consumer and desired. And, and through that, develop a relationship to where you're a thought leader in the area, you've educated, informed and entertained these consumers and now they want to hear more because um, they're going to want to purchase from the person who just educated them or entertained them. So keep that in mind, and I'll leave you with that for today. But that's our show for today. And thank you so much for joining me. Be sure to always use hashtag Wagner Live to send me your feedback, communicate with the show, and for links to future live broadcasts. And be sure to visit Wagner.live for replays, blog posts, and more. Until next time, this is Wagner signing off.